I remember when I was a real young child, my mother had a large seashell similar to this one. And she came up to me and she showed it to me as a kid and she was explaining it to me. And she said, son, if you take the seashell and hold it up to your ear, you can hear the ocean. And I thought, that's ridiculous. There's no way you can hear the ocean inside of a shell. And she took that shell and she held it up to my ear and I listened and sure enough, I could hear the ocean inside that shell. And that just amazed me that a seashell could almost have that sound of the roar of the waves inside of it. And so from that time on, every time I'd go to the beach and there was any kind of sizable shell, I would hold it up to my ear so I could hear the ocean inside the shell. The Lord gave us what we call the Lord's Supper to hold to our ear, to hear Him speak to us from eternity. And there is one word in that experience of the Lord's Supper that we hear resonating through eternity like the ocean that you hear inside the seashell. It's a simple, basic word. Take. Jesus looked at the disciples and He said, take my body. He held out the juice and He said, take this symbol of my blood. Take. Such a basic, simple word. And yet, how we respond to it makes all the difference. Take. Turn with me in your Bibles to Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. Begin with verse 22. Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning with verse 22. Jesus has gathered His disciples in what we know as the upper room, which would have been the second story of a house that's referred to in those days as an upper room. It is the night before His crucifixion. He wants to spend some time with them in anticipation. He gathers them around what the Jewish people would have known and called the Passover. And yet this night He's going to take the traditional Passover and He is going to add new and deeper meaning to it as they move through the observance of it together. He uses this meal to offer Himself to His disciples and to us, but we've got to make a decision as to how we're going to respond to His offer. Mark's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning with verse 22. The Lord Jesus, with the disciples, speaking to them, preparing them for this experience of receiving what He's offering to them. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread... And after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood 
of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Notice verse 22. As they were eating, he took the bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. Take, this is my body. Jesus did not offer to his disciples the body of anyone else. This is my body that I'm offering to you. He did not leave the work that he was about to do to the greatest angel that existed because only he could fulfill the role of giving his life for us. When he said, take this as my body, is his way of saying, I am committing myself to dying for you. Take Think about what he's saying there. Take. Take my body. Take who I am. Take all I am. All that I am, I am offering to you. Take it. It is overwhelming to think of the Son of God entrusting Himself to us. Think about the men that were in the room that night. You had Thomas, who doubted everything. You had Judas, who was already plotting to betray Him. You had Peter, who would go out and deny Him. Every disciple in that room that night would walk away from him except John. And Jesus knew that. He had walked with him for three and a half years. He had shared life with them for three and a half years. He knew their strengths. He knew their weaknesses. He knew what they were capable of. And he also knew how capable they were of failing him. And still he said, take it. I'm offering myself to you. He knew that, that they could reject him as Judas would. He knew that he would deny him like Peter would. He knew that love and the offer of love always comes with risk. There is no way to extend genuine love and not take a risk because love involves incredible vulnerability. And when Jesus said, here, take me, he knew he was making himself totally and completely vulnerable to them and to us. But in receiving him and taking him, they were exchanging what they had and who they were and what they wrestled with for what he had to offer where they were spiritually sick, he was offering his medicine. Where we are lost, he is offering us 
His way of direction. Where we have no purpose, He is offering us His purpose. Where we are empty, Jesus, when He says take, is offering us His fullness. Where we are so powerless in the face of sin in our shame, in our guilt and temptation, where we are so powerless to even keep ourselves under control. Jesus says, take, and in taking me, you get all of the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Where you and I come to Him dirty with our sin, Jesus says, come to me, take me, and in so doing, you get my cleansing. Where you and I struggle with unforgiveness, Jesus says, will you take me? And when you take me, I will give you the power to forgive. I will give you the ability to forgive. I will give you the freedom and the liberation and the joy that comes when you move out of your unforgiveness and move into my forgiveness. And you can look at people that even though they haven't asked for your forgiveness and deserve your forgiveness and continue to hurt you, you can look at them and say, I forgive you, not in my power, but in the power of Jesus and His forgiveness. You see, the one who is saying, take me, is the one who the next day would hang on the cross and while they spit on Him and crucified Him would say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Take me and take my power to forgive. Jesus says, take me when you're aimless and I will give you a focus in life. Take me when you face death and I will give you life. Take me when you struggle with the grave, with someone you've lost, with the sense of the emptiness and the separation. I will give you as you take me, resurrection. Because He exchanges the grave for resurrection. Take me, church, when you struggle with being hopeless and remember that in taking me, you're also taking not just my first coming, you are taking my second coming. Remember Jesus said when He instituted this supper, keep doing this till when? Till I come again. Every time we gather at this table, we look back, but we also look forward, and we look forward as His church in anticipation that He is coming again. And in taking what He offers to us, I am taking His hope that Jesus is coming again. We live as a people looking forward in anticipation to His second coming. Take what? On our sin, take Him. Take Him as the one who is the Lamb of God who came to take away our sin. And in our weakness, in our incredible weakness that seems to stalk us all the time, take Him, and in taking Him, we are taking, yes, the Lamb of God who takes away sin, but we are also taking the Lion of the tribe of Judah. That's who we take when we take Him. That I come to this supper weak, but I leave strong, not in my strength, but in the strength of the Lord Jesus Christ who has called me to this table. Now the disciples had to make a decision. Where are they going to take? 
You see, Jesus said, take. But Jesus would not force them. He willed for them to take. But they had to choose to take. The idea of the Greek verb that's used here is one of volition, of choice, of will. Jesus is saying, I want you to choose this. I want you to will this. I don't want you to just think it and be intellectual about it. I want you to make a deliberate, intentional choice to take what I am offering you. You see, I, I can't take Jesus in one hand and take and hold sin at the same time in the other hand. I can't take Jesus in one hand and hold on to disobedience in the other hand. Jesus even said you can't take my forgiveness in the one hand and hold on to your unforgiveness in the other hand. You see, I have to take Jesus with both hands. I have to take Him fully and completely into my life, yielding every aspect of who I am to Him. There's, a, there's another aspect to this verb because the tense that He uses in the Greek language here is interesting. Not only does it involve volition and will and choice, it also carries the idea in the, in the thrust of the verb of urgency. When Jesus looked at them and looked into them, He said, I want you to take, but they picked up on what He was saying. They picked up that He was saying, do it and do it now. If you're going to take, you've got to do it now. Why is He so urgent? Let me give you two reasons. Number one, seize the moment. Recognize the moment and seize the moment. You see, we miss so much often of what God has for us because we don't recognize the moment, we don't seize the moment, we don't grab hold of the moment. Jesus is saying, recognize what's in front of you guys. Recognize what's happening right now. Recognize that I'm offering myself, gentlemen, and, and take it. Take all of me. Recognize what's in front of you. Drink of it completely. One of the moments of my life that I will never forget, that I remember trying to, to savor in as much as I could, is the morning, or I should say the afternoon, when my son was born. We were in Virginia Beach General, and Helen had been in labor all night, which I'm sure for her seemed like eternity. And uh, when he was in that birthing process and he began to emerge, I, I, you know, I don't know if any of you all men are, are stupid as I am, but one of the dumbest statements I ever made in my entire life was when my wife was in hard labor, I looked at the nurse and I said, does it always last this long? <laughs> and she said, oh yes, hard labor can go for hours. And then in my extreme intelligence, I said, well, it never goes that long on television. I literally said that. And, and my wife was so nice, she didn't look at me and say, you big idiot. And the nurse didn't hit me up beside the head with something there in the hospital. They just sort of paid no attention to me. But I remember when the doctor and them finished with Jonathan and then wrapped him up and handed him to us. 
just standing there and looking at, at him and, and just taking in the moment. Realizing that this was one of those moments that is just extremely unique. I mean, you can't even put words around it to describe it. But the main thing you need to do is just take the moment. Live in the moment. I remember that night I got home and that verse of scripture came to my mind. God gave his son, John 3, 16. And now that I have a son, I couldn't imagine how God gave his son as he did. Jesus said, take it. Guys, recognize what's in front of you. Recognize the moment and take it. And the other thing Jesus is saying with urgency is taking because you've got to realize how much you need me. I think his heart broke as he looked at Judas and was saying, Judas, you need to take me because you're on the very edge of betraying me. You need to take me. Peter, you think you are so strong, but you're just as flimsy as you can be. You need to take me. Thomas, you wrestle and you struggle with doubt, and you need to take me. We get so good sometimes at always kicking the can down the road and delaying making a decision with Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus is saying, right now is the time to respond to me. Jesus is saying, right now is the moment you've got to grab hold of this. Right now is the moment... I'm in front of you and I am offering myself to you. And you need to realize how desperate you need me. You see, sometimes one of the problems that those of us who've been doing church for a while and are comfortable in our religion have is deep down on the inside, we don't really think we need Jesus. I've got my religion, I've got my church time. I know how to quote the verses, I don't know how to go through the formulas, so I don't really need him. Jesus is saying, take me. You need me. And you need me right now. And they had a decision to make. And it's the same decision we have to make. Are we going to take him? And I don't just mean in salvation. I mean, am I willing to take him today to be more dependent on him? More vulnerable to him? And am I willing to take him to say, Jesus, would you release in my life a greater degree of your love and your power and your glory and your holiness and who you are that I've ever known in my life? Let's pray. Lord, as we gather at your table, not ours, but yours. Lord, we come here to hear your word take and to respond to you. 
in taking, Lord, not just taking juice and not just taking bread, but saying, Lord, I receive all that you are offering to me. And Jesus, I give to you all that I am. In your name, Lord, we proceed to come to your